Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack on Fox Soul, everybody. According to the American Psychological Association, between 60 and 80% of college students have had casual sex experience. Are they being inappropriate? Or are they just simply learning about life? Even beyond college, is it okay to learn about sex through experience? Or should sex be sacred? Well, let's get down to business. The business of being black today is sex. Is it sacred? Please welcome love coach for professional women, real love doctor, Cassandra, Coach Cass, Henrique. Hi, Coach Cass. Hey, Tammy Max. So excited to be back. Thank you for being back. Entertainer, activist, and ratchet revolutionary, Jewel the Gym. Hi, Jewel. Hi, hi, Tammy. Glad to have me. I got to be back. Thank you. Welcome back. One of the co-hosts of the So Shameless podcast, Daja Bell. Hi, Daja. Hi, Tammy. Nice to meet you. Nice to nice of you to be here for me. And the <laughs> founder and senior pastor of Agape Church, Los Angeles, Bishop Craig Worsham. Hi, Bishop. Hey, Tammy. Glad to be here. So here's the deal. I ask uh, the same question every show at the top of the show. And that question is, why should black people care? After all, we're handling the business of being black today, panel. So why should black people care if sex is sacred? Why should black people care if sex is sacred? Jewel, the gym. Yes, Black people should care um, about talking about this conversation around sacredness and sex, because when I think about Black bodies and the ways specifically Black women and the breeding sex, sexual slavery, right, when you think about this country in the U.S., I believe very much in sexual liberation and our access to self-pleasure on our terms and honoring our bodies on our terms is a way to truly find freedom within our bodies. Ah, Bishop, why should black people care if sex is sacred? Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Our bodies are precious. They are valuable. We are gifted, talented. We are great people. And so we must be in tune with our bodies. We must understand the conflict that we have as a people between our humanity and our spirituality when it comes to this matter of sex. I'd like to think I'm gifted, talented, and great in the uh, sex area. <laughs> that part. <laughs> Coach Cass, the bishop's like, I don't want to talk about that, Tammy. <laughs> That's what the show's about today, Bishop. Get ready to be very uncomfortable with these ladies. <laughs> Coach Cass, why should Black people care? So here's the thing, right, Tammy Mack, my background is also in public health and HIV is still a thing that runs rampant, right? And black people still being at the top in terms of infection. So for me, this conversation is important in the black community because many times casual sex can cause casualties, whether it be disease or babies. So being able to be safe and create a more sacred way to have sex, I think it's important for us to have this conversation in the black community. All right, Ms. Doja. Daja, I'm sorry. Oh, hi. <laughs> um, I think that this is important to have, this conversation is important to have within our community because as a woman, as a millennial, I feel like there are too many times that we don't see sex as something that should be an experience, something that should be exercised. Um, I really hate to hear women have conversations about the fact that they have been married for decades and have never had an orgasm because that means that you're not practicing correctly. That means that we're not actually having the conversations that we need to have around sex. I feel like then we make it a little bit too sacred to the point that it becomes work and it doesn't become what it also is, which is pleasure. Mm. So I want to just 
tapping off the 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 answer there when you say some women don't you know reach their climax because they don't know their bodies they don't know what gets them there so i want to ask this question is that what sex is for is sex for pleasure or is sex to procreate am i getting there too soon no i think it's both I'm sorry. Right. No, go ahead. Go, go, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I think it's for both. I feel like when you are in a relationship and you're ready to have children, then obviously then you use sex in that matter. But I also think it also has to do with pleasure. I think it has to do with freedom. I think it has to do with release. Um, this world is a stressful place and sex is a release for not only for me, but for my partner, just to be able to decompress, just to be able to come closer. So no, it's not only for the sake of procreation, because if that was the case, then we would only be having sex when we're we're ovulating and that's not true so so here's yeah. something else right tammy mac um i think sex is also for connection and too often do we talk about you know the orgasm and getting there and i remember my husband and i we went to an intimacy retreat and one of the things that the the leaders shared was that they have sex every day at 10 a.m and he was like say what now and they were like it's not just for ejaculation or for orgasm, but for that connection piece. And to me, it's so powerful because it's an intimate side to see into your partner on a daily basis. Now that's exciting to me. That's extreme <laughs> to me, Coach Cass. That's what that is, extreme. 10 a.m. every day, like a job? I don't think so. Oh, uh, yeah, my husband wasn't down with the 10 a.m. every day, but we are getting better in terms of, you know, just the connection piece. So it's not just about the ejaculation, but like the look into your eyes and to be able yeah. to see into each other and to connect and be like, I'm here with you. What I find so often with sex is it just becomes like, let me get my rocks off. And that's not cool. Maybe I'm not great, talented, or uh, 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 gifted because I like all the lights off. So let alone looking with your eyes. <laughs> you know what? Look at the. Eyes. I'm like Eddie Murphy you know in, in Boomerang. Or, yes. Uh, you know, yes. like it, can it get any darker? Yes. <laughs> I want. I want to agree to that. One, I really love that 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 we brought in the idea that specifically heterosexual women is about 66 percent of heterosexual women who who um have an orgasm. Right. It's a little higher for, for queer women. Right. Um, but a lot of people aren't getting that. And I do agree that it is not the goal. However, when we think about sex solely being about connection and sex solely being about intimacy, people engage in sexual entertainment all the time, i.e. pornography. And I'm not feeling super connected, right, in those ways, um, i.e. going to the strip club. I'm not feeling super connected in those emotional ways, right? So I think about, or reading erotica, we deserve the right, our body deserves the right to experience pleasure, even if we don't want to connect. Because sex can be intimate, but it doesn't have to be intimate. Sex can be sacred, right? Which is rooted in that spirituality, but it doesn't have to be. And as soon as we start making it a requirement, this is what makes room for the government to impose laws on what our body can do, i.e. The, the overturning of Roe versus Wade. The last time I was on here, Tammy, I was able by the government to get in an abortion and in all states. Now that I'm on here a couple months later, I'm no longer able to. And this fits into the conversation because it really is my body, my choice. It really is my, my choice. It really is my pleasure, my choice. Absolutely. So Bishop, is the perceived sacred nature of sex only tied to religion or should it be only tied to religion, Bishop? No, it, it, it transcends beyond religion. I certainly... Uh, love what Coach Cass indicated about the bonding act of sex. And I also want to go back to what you mentioned in your earlier comments. The, you know, Scripture is very clear that the marriage bed, when it comes to sex, it is undefiled. There, there are no rules for sex when it comes to the marriage bed. Uh, when I talk about the conflict between humanity and spirituality and the couple's that I deal with in the process of premarital counseling and even those that are already six months into marriage and are having issues in the area of sex, perhaps they practice abstinence and now you've got two people that are just sexually frustrated. Mm -hmm. This is what I mean when I say the conflict between our spirituality and our humanity because your humanity, you wanna have sex. We are we are flesh before we are spirit. We are human. We have needs. We want to bond. We want to touch. We want to feel, et cetera, et cetera. So 
I am always dealing with situations where couples are saying, hey, I'm not going to marry this man. I'm not going to marry this woman. I had one lady tell me, I'm like the DWP. I'm going to check the water first. Exactly. And I love that for her because she's absolutely right. Because the worst thing that I think that could ever possibly happen is for you to have all of these deep-rooted emotions and connections and get married with somebody and you're blending friends, you're building family, you're building a structure of a family unit and then the sex is not there and you're unsatisfied, stepping out of the marriage is not okay. You know, divorcing, I personally am not an advocate for it. So then what? So I have to sit here for the rest of my life and be miserable? No, I'm going to test that car out before I drive it, before I take it home, before I bring it up into my family, before you sit down for Thanksgiving dinner. Because if it's not right, you're not coming in this house. But so, uh, Miss Miss Daja, yes, here's ma'am. the thing. Here's the thing with that: uh, when you get married, there are a lot of things that you discover and continue to discover about your partner. And so, can't that be a part of the discovery process? Can't that be a journey? So, if you and your partner aren't sexually compatible after the honeymoon, can't you continue to discover what makes? each partner happy and pleased in bed versus trying it out like it's a car and then, you know, deciding whether or not you want to drive it. That's a pretty technical there, isn't it? You absolutely can. I absolutely will not. But anybody can if that's what they want to do. That is perfectly fine for them. If you want to sit there and go through the ebbs and flows and work it out for a couple of years and see what you like, what you don't like and go to therapy and all that. Fine. Miss Dodger Bell will not. I will know. And that's what I'm saying, but there are, there are several things that you won't know. Yeah. And, and that when you get into a marriage is what I'm saying. There are several yeah. things that you won't know. Absolutely. I have, everybody has their non-negotiables and that is one of my non-negotiables because I don't want, when I get married, I want that person to be my person. I don't want to have to even deal with certain things. Like I feel like sex is so important for me. It's so important for me. It's so important for me to have that connection with my partner beforehand. So I personally cannot see myself going through those types of ebbs and flows when it comes to sex. Because It's so important to me right now to go to a commercial break. We'll come right back on The Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack, and the business of being black today is sex. Is it sacred? Bishop, I want to ask you, do religions shame people into not having sex? And yes, they feel bad when they do. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Uh, I, I hate to say this as a pastor, but... let me Before you go on, Bishop, let me just say this. I appreciate the honesty and having a real conversation. So thank you for that. You're welcome. I'll keep it 100 with you. Come on. Mm -hmm. The church and the church uh, is extremely guilty for shaming people who engage uh, in premarital sex. Uh, My philosophy is, is, is very stern in this area, is that it is our bodies, yes, uh, male and female. God gives us the power of choice and we will be held accountable for the choices we make. It is not my responsibility to shame you for the choices that, that you have made, but it is my responsibility as a spiritual leader that I give you some, some guidance in being responsible in everything that you do. Uh, So we we have shamed people and we have not been uh, transparent about the conflict from the pulpit to the parking lot that Christians have between humanity and spirituality. You can be a Christian and still get horny. It's just the truth of the matter. Church people are horny. Very. (laughs) But what do they do when they get horny? Church people are having sex. Okay. Okay. And I, you know, for for me, for being a black girl with um family that came from the south, rooted in the Baptist church, I hated the fact that it always seemed like it was a bad thing to have these feelings. I always felt like demeaned for having these feelings of like any average mammal walking the earth. Like I love God, I love Jesus Christ, He is my Lord and Savior, but. I'm also a being and I am sexual and my grandparents between the two of them, they had almost 20 kids. So I'm looking at them like, how are you judging me? 
Because right. y'all were popping it off. You, these kids didn't come from God itself. It came from an act. Several acts. So please, don't do that. I like, agree. I grew up Catholic. I grew up Catholic. And the level of talking about abstinence, the level of don't you do this and you got to wait until this, I was like, whoa. But at the same time, as when I, my first boyfriend was in the church. When I was getting bagged and hit on, the church. When they was looking at, when I came to church in my little Sunday dress, it was the church that was sexualizing me. And I want to bring this around sex and marriage, right? Because it's this concept of I need to wait on the sidelines until I somehow get this level of a sacred union, right? Why I got to do that? I want to bask in it now. I want to bask in spontaneous desire and not just in a response to someone else. Let me and ask Bishop, why does, why does Jewel the Gym have to do that, Bishop? Well, I mean, let's face it. Um... We have, we have a lot of people who get married and they have worked extremely hard to abstain. They get married and they are sexually frustrated. And unfortunately, they, they have not bonded in that area. One person, the, the, the man, it could be paramount for him that that sexual appetite, that relationship, that need is there. It may not be there for the woman. There are situations like that. And so because they abstained and never tapped in and never had those conversations, now they're frustrated. When you get into those types of spaces, you give, I, I like to say, you give Satan room mm. to open up the door of temptation. Yeah, absolutely. So because then it sounds like appetite. I, 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 I have to ask this. Coach Cass, I, I'm going to get you. But I have to ask this because Bishop, it's sounding like you're agreeing with Naja. I'm, I'm not saying I'm agreeing. What I'm saying is I understand the conflict. That's what I'm saying. Okay, okay. okay. So then I want you to answer the question because Jula Jim say, look, why I got to be on the sidelines while everybody married in the game getting some and I can't get me none. So why does Jewel the Jim have to wait on the sidelines until she finds this sacred relationship to uh, explore her sexuality with a partner? I would say to Jewel the Jim, we need to have, first of all, let, let me just say this. In most cases like this, I always refer my couples that are going through premarital counseling to a sex therapist. Nice. Okay have these conversations i'm never going to tell them to just go out there and blatantly check check and test the waters a sex therapist to have these open and honest conversations about sex right let's talk about your health are, are you withholding your medical information from your spouse? Are you a diabetic? Are you taking insulin? If you are, these are going to have an impact on your sex life. Let's talk about it all yes. with the okay, sex. I want to I ask you this question, right? Because you're mentioning the sexual frustration. You're mentioning this years of abstinence and people kind of, now that they're in this union, they want to unleash. That to me sounds violent. And I want to make space for when we say that sex is sacred and it only can happen when you have this marital union, where is the space for the spouse to not experience pleasure? Where is the space for the spouse to say, I don't want to have sex with you today, but that sexually frustrated partner who's been waiting to unleash the beast, i.e. orgasm, i.e. sexual pleasure, says, oh, like, what you mean we're not having sex tonight? This is your holy duty. Your body belongs to me. Because I have friends who are married and family members who are married who's like, look, I can't say no to my husband. Really? My sacral, this is my sacral For real, y'all. For real. Because when you link sex to marriage, you're not making space for people to say yes no? or no. You're not making space for people to, to not look at it as a holy duty. For yeah. real. I, I, I get that. And so I, for me, I, 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 I waited. So, Coach Coach Cass, uh, go ahead. I want to yes. get you in here. All right. So, I, I believe that casual sex causes casual tease. And when you have sex with someone that you haven't had a real conversation about what you are to each other, people end up getting hurt. Like, statistics show it over and over again, right? So, when you start, for me, my husband, and, my husband waited three years for us to have sex. For you right? specifically? For or me for... specifically. Okay. For me specifically. Now, were we virgins beforehand? No, right? So we had tested other waters. Well, that's a lot of pressure right there. That's a lot we, of pressure, Coach we, Cass. I'm, we glad had you, I'm glad you lived up to his weight. <laughs> 
And 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 here's the thing: over the last eight years that we've been married, we have learned each other, right? And we have made it our business to invest in our invest in our marriage. So we've gone to intimacy retreats, we've seen therapists, we've done um, some fun stuff, right? So we are exploring more and more each other sexually, and it's fun, right? That we're able to discover each other on this journey. So even though I didn't kick the tires per se, I am happy sexually because my husband has learned me and what I need. And when people say it is your holy duty, what happens is that they're weaponizing the Bible, Absolutely. right? So the it's, it's literally just like with the slave masters and the slaves about how you're supposed to do these things for me because this is what the Bible says. It's like, no, it's like, if I'm sick, if I'm not well, I'm not going to be over here. My husband's not going to be like, well, you need to give it to me now, right? So then that also comes down to, does your partner care for you? And yeah. are they seeing seeing eye to eye with you and are you in this thing together yeah, and are they respecting you and your boundaries like that yeah. that that that's a whole i mean that's a whole nother show in itself because if you i don't know what them friends is you got jewel the gym they've got partners that's like give me some or else like that it's is the rough. most ridiculous because that to me does not yeah. is not an example of true love so oh. we're we're talking about something completely different from from that aspect altogether um now you don't so, use my god to manipulate me like, but I, I want to talk about this then because uh, Julie, you bring you bring a good point up do men shame women absolutely. for having sex while being sexually promiscuous themselves? absolutely we know the double standard is rooted in the patriarchy we know this conversation is rooted in the patriarchy we know this conversation is rooted in slut shaming we know this conversation is rooted in massage noir all of that is to be true that is a complete fact the fact that the matter is respectfully pastor this may not be you but we know many pastors will be on the pulpit and talking about the same conversation and cheating on their wife and cheating on the first lady okay and so we know this to be true so the fact that the matter is is that when we talk about sexual health we talk about how sex is good for the body it's and good for the skin it's good for your hormones right so the sexually liberated people don't shame it's the other way around who gets yes. the mm, mm. yeah well i'm telling you it helped my blood pressure go down a little okay. bit I know As it, should. Should. it helped my blood pressure go down my skin let's not clear okay right come on let's take a break we'll come right back on business of being black Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack. Let's get down to the business of being black today, which is sex. Is it sacred? Please welcome a love coach for professional women, real love doctor, Cassandra Coach Cass Henrique, hey, entertainer hey. and activist and ratchet revolutionary, Jewel the Gym. One of the co-hosts of the So Shameless podcast, Daja Bell is with us and the founder and senior pastor of Agape Church Los Angeles, Bishop Craig Worsham. Uh, let's, let's, let's continue to talk about what we were talking about before we left. Are women held to a different standard of having the responsibility to have fewer sexual partners these days? Is that a, a thing? 100%. Daja? Oh, yes, 100%, 150%. I I remember back in, in my early dating years where men used to say like, oh, what's your number? How many people have you slept with? And me, I'm defiant because uh, Brooklyn, I would say 200. So now what? Right. <laughs> Period. And now then they I'm would be do. like, can I be 201? Like, I, I, I literally will come up with one of the most egregious numbers I can think of at the time because don't, worry about my past, worry about my present, worry, worry about our potential future. Don't ask me any ridiculous questions because you're always going to get a ridiculous response. And I'm like, would you like to know? And I would literally start pointing out random people. I slept with his cousin. I slept with his father. So now what, what are we going to do? Don't ask me that because women, we don't ask men that question. Men are not held to that same standard. You have men walking around. And when we're talking about STD rates and we're talking about um, children out of wedlock, a woman can only get pregnant one time in a year. A man can impregnate hundreds of women in that same time. And we see it all the time. So who's the people that really need like the birth control? Who are the people that really need to have their genitals policed? Because once I'm pregnant, I'm out the game for 365 at least, <laughs> but not you. Sound like you saying who the hoe for real? 
I'm, I'm, I'm being good today. I'm behaving myself. Excuse me, Bishop. Excuse me, Bishop. <laughs> Prayer hands, or is that a high five? One or the other. <laughs> if Bishop wasn't here, it would get a little bit crazy, but you know, still rooting my face. Listen, um, so Coach Cass, what do you say to that? Like women being held to a higher standard than men when it comes to the number of partners that they have? All the time. So often what I tell my clients in the network is that that's a conversation we don't we don't have, right? So we don't do the number conversation. It's more of what's your love vision? What do you desire for your love life? What do you desire as a life together? And then you see if your visions align. It's less about who you've slept with because sometimes we've made poor choices, period, right? Everybody's made some type of poor choice. So now who are you today? And what do you see your life going forward? And then how do we bring that together if that's really the vision for us? Yeah, Jewel the Gym, Coach Cass, her... Her whole theory sounds much like leave it to beaver, Pollyanna-ish versus what you call in your world, ratchet. Uh, yes. So, so well, I love the ratchetness. Okay. So, so where, where do you differ here? Mm -hmm. Well, one thing that I want to bring into the conversation, I think that brings that energy in is when we think about sex work, right? I'm a huge advocate, very pro sex work. And when we think about the criminalization of sex work, it's the criminalization of the sex worker, right? And when we think about this now, I am well aware in terms of gender expansivity that people of all genders can engage in sex work. But for this conversation, when we're talking about cis women, it's the criminalization of those who are receiving, who are the ones who are doing sex work, which could be for survival, which could be for pleasure, who are the ones who are criminalized. Laws just for carrying a certain amount of condoms wouldn't penalize you as a sex worker. They're not hitting up the person who is potentially getting the, the, the sex work done. That person may potentially come from a church. That person may be in a marriage, right? But the criminalization falls on the sex worker, right? In this context, the woman. So I just want us to bring up that conversation as well when we talk about the sacredness and the, the really respectability politics, right? And oppression. We got to mention sex work as well. Right. Um, you mentioned er earlier how um, hypocritical a lot of people are, and I, I see that when you talk about sex workers. I mean, we're looking at men who hold women to a higher standard, but yet they seek out the women who who are charging for the work. Okay. So it's interesting to me. Okay. Uh, very interesting. Should uh, should you have to be in a committed relationship just to reap? benefits. Bishop, no. I want to throw this one on you. Should your relationship at the least have to be committed or or do you feel like you you have you have to be married to have sex? Is that a biblical principle? Is it a real biblical principle, Bishop? I I I'm a Bible preacher. Oh, I shouldn't be moving, but I'm a Bible preacher, Bible teacher and say so I need to be standing up and walking to the platform. <laughs> <laughs> In our heads, we are visualizing you standing yes. up and walking back and forth. But but I'm always I'm always going to speak what the scripture says. That the Bible's very clear that that sex is for the marriage bed. It it is for it is undefiled. It is for bonding. It is for it is for the creation of life. I believe that. I but teach. then why are there passages and stories in the Bible of men having sex with women who aren't their wives? Yeah, there were a lot of nasty people in the Bible. They were getting it. They would, yeah, they were turning up for real in the Bible. Like you're like, I'm sorry, I can't. I don't know. <laughs> it, it it was the Old Testament had a lot of freaks, and that's fine. And they bred us, so here we are. I have a question though about you know, and like Coach Cass is talking about the 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 crisis or what have you, the casualty. Um, I understand adults are going to do what adults are going to do, and so as as a spiritual leader, my job is to meet you where you are, not to judge you, but to steer you in in responsibility. So I'm always encouraging people if you're not going to wait until marriage. I need you to be responsible. I want to encourage you to be responsible. I, I, I don't condone you just passing it out all over the place. You meet somebody at the bar and then y'all getting it on that night. Can we be responsible about what you are doing? Are we talking about men too, Bishop? Yes, we're irresponsible as well. So I, I concur with I concur with the other panelists 
no judgment here, no manipulation, no hypocrisy. Men are guilty. Uh, it, it is a tool of manipulation, I believe, to control women when we start questioning about sexual partners. I don't want to know how many people you slept with. What I do want to know is if we are dating and we come from the same circle of friends, I just need to make sure you have not been with any of my friends or my colleagues or individuals in my circle. Because what I don't want to do is for us all to be sitting at a dinner table and you done knocked down, knocked down two or three of them 10 years ago. I mean, it be like that. It be like that sometimes. <laughs> Especially if all of y'all go to the same church, Bishop. Okay. Listen, all right, it happens. But I do have a question that, and, and it's it's basically solely around this conversation of the Bible and what the Bible says about sex and being in a marital bed. That's fine for Christians, but what about the other people in the world? And what about the fact that as mammals, like we don't require two lions to be married to have sex. You don't require two dogs to be married to have sex. You don't require any of that. So why is it that being human beings in this space, it's like, well, the Bible says that you shouldn't do it like this. All right. So what if I wasn't a Christian? Then what? Or, you know, what if I'm just literally just being a regular mammal and doing what regular mammals do then yeah i think i think that if you are not a christian and you don't follow biblical principles then that is a choice that you've made mm -hmm. but i i believe that people who do uh have christian beliefs and and biblical principles that is what they believe and that is kind of that and so i think the respect should go both ways but so here's the thing. This is very heteronormative, right? When we think about marital, it's within our lifetimes that queer marriage is legal. So when we're talking about marital, we're talking about heteronormative people, right? And so when I think about that, it can only exist within a marital union when the Supreme Court tomorrow could say that me and my fiance, who is a woman, won't be able to get married no more. Does that mean that we're no longer able to engage, right, in that way? So this is also very heteronormative, and I want us to think about that, too. That's so a great question. That's a great question. Um, <laughs> that that, that uh, America or the Bible requires you to be married, but then if your relationship you can't get married because it's illegal because of a law of the land. How do you reconcile that? Let's go to break. We'll be back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. And the business of being black today is sex. Is it sacred? Should it be sacred? Um, Bishop, before we left, Jewel the Gym uh, posed a very important question. And that question is, if we are living by biblical prin principles, which state that you should be married to have sex, but then the law of the land says that she and her partner, who is a woman, can't be married, how do we reconcile that? Because also, if you are a Christian going by biblical principles, a, a woman and a woman should not be married. A man and a man should not be married. So then are we forcing people to be with people that they are not feeling or wanting to be with? To, like, are we forcing these relationships to happen? And is that why our divorce rate is so high? Is that why our stress levels are so high? Is that why our blood pressure is screaming these days? Because there are all of these issues that America is trying to solve in people's individual private homes that may not be necessary at all. Bishop, what do you say to that? The scripture is a guidebook for are living. There are Christians, there are non-Christians, there are those that practice other faiths. Respect that, go along with it, no love lost there. I'm always gonna support you and walk with you. Uh, I am not for forcing, well, let me back up. Okay. When we look at the Bible, we have to approach context and culture. We have a lot of teaching going on in these churches surrounding marriage and sex and how we handle our relationships with brothers and sisters and fellow man. And we use scriptures as they are printed in the Bible, and we never give context and culture. We need to look at what historically was going on in that particular time before I just throw it on you. For this reason, there are many people who have been misled by a lot of erroneous teachings because they're just giving scripture without context. People are confused. 
people are lost. So I'm always looking to give proper context. So unconfuse us and give us proper context. I want to unconfuse you today. As if, if you are a Christian, whatever your faith is, you have the power of choice. And with the power of choice, there is your internal conviction. And at the end of the day, when I die, I will die with my choice and my convictions. I have to answer to the God that I worship and serve concerning those two things. I don't have to agree, but I'm never going to demonize you, throw you away. I have had members come to me that wanted to engage in same-sex marriage. I'm not here to judge you. Your choice, your conviction, no forcing. Coach Cass? So for me, when it comes to sex, I'm still of the same belief. I'm, I, this makes me think of my daughter. My daughter is five, right? And she kissed a little boy on the playground. So as a mom, right, going back to that conversation with women, you don't want your little girl to be seen as fast, right? So I'm just like, all right, how are we going to have this conversation? I hate that child? word because it's always it's always geared to, to little Always girl. the girl, right? It's Go like ahead. the boy, it's like, there's no repercussion. But for the girl, it's like, you don't want her kissing everybody, right? And so my daughter, obviously, because I'm all about love, wants to be married, wants a husband one day. And, you know, I was trying to figure out what's the best way for me to have this conversation. And I spoke to a therapist and I spoke to friends. And so one of the conversations was like, you know, when you get married, do you want to look out? This wasn't the exact words, but to everyone who's grown, do you want to look out on a sea of people, right? Like, just a sea of people before you commit to your one person, right? Like, it's just like, how many people do we want to kiss? How many people do we want to have sex with? That kind of stuff. I, that's not the conversation we had in detail with a five-year-old, but I'm just saying in general, like when you have sex with so many people, right? So if sex is not sacred and you just having sex with this one for this pleasure, this pleasure, this pleasure, one, as women, our internal pH balance gets messed up, right? Many get bacterial vaginosis. You end up having all these issues because we weren't meant for that. Like our bodies wasn't meant to be sleeping with every Sally, Tom, Dick, or Harry, right? So it's, for me, sex is sacred, going back to that, with whomever you decide to have sex with, is, is to be able to say, all right, well, this is the person I decide to be with. And then if that's not the person, then okay, the next person or whoever you, you deal with it. But I think it is more of a one person at a time versus a many at a time type of situation. And that's and that's how I feel. It's just, it just sounds very slut shamey. You know what I mean? I think mm -hmm. even the conversation around fast, like um, I grew up Haitian, my grandmother, Jamaican, and you know, like that, and being called Buzan, right? And Buzan's like it's like that sense of you, you being a little fast, you're doing a little too much. If I kiss somebody, that, that don't mean that I'm necessarily doing that. You know what I mean? And I think that even that conversation of the idea that someone who has this casual sex, right, grown people who have casual sex, that they are somehow engaging in sex that is not healthy is shaming, right? Yeah. Because just because you have multiple partners does not mean that you're protecting, that you're not protecting yourself. It also doesn't mean that sex is not limited to just intercourse in terms of the, the penis inserting inside of the vagina. It could mean many different types of things. And I think it goes back to the body count conversation. It don't matter if I had sex with 100 people, I still deserve respect. Yeah. And when we have the slut shaming conversation, and I gotta mention sexual violence as a person who is an advocate for survivors, as a person who's a survivor myself, when we slut shame people and we say the faster you are or the, the more people you have sex with, we're not, when those people have violence, that's that's against them. We say, well, shouldn't have been so fast. Shouldn't, yeah. have, shouldn't, have, shouldn't have kissed so many people. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have did this. With yeah, it's people. equivalent to saying you deserve it. Yeah, exactly. nah, nah. so I don't yeah. I don't believe that people deserve to be, you know, viol violated or anything like that. It's, it's a conversation. It becomes yeah. part of rape culture when we slut shame. That's yeah. the foundation is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah the I'm, problem I'm, I have I'm, with with the little girls and I know you didn't call a little girl. Coach Cash, you didn't say anyone was fast, but I do want to bring that conversation up in the context of this topic. The problem I have when people call little girls fast or uh, grown or whatever they are, Girl. children become what they are called. Yes. yes. And so it becomes very difficult for them to act in another way because they've already been tagged a certain way. If you call a little boy bad, oh, he's so bad, girl, he's so bad, he becomes more bad because that's the thing that is giving the, them the attention that children require. 
Yeah. And so they become more of that. And so it's problematic to me. It's very problematic to me when we start tagging um, little children because words are so powerful and we talk about how powerful words are, but sometimes in the context of tradition Mm. and, and how we were raised, uh, you know, we think it's okay. And everything our parents did is not okay. Everything Absolutely. our grandparents did is not okay. Absolutely. Some of that stuff needs to be thrown in the trash can. Oh, in the trash can of my memories. I think that was in a Betty Wright song somewhere down the line. Bishop, you wouldn't know nothing about Betty Wright. No. Bishop, you wouldn't know. Can I say something, though, about that? Yes. It is. I have a 16-year-old daughter. It, it is so important for us to start having these conversations with our kids early on, even in the church, even in our families, our house, wherever they may be, because I despise the fact that as a child and a teenager, we were scared to have sex. We were scared to even talk about it because they told you, if you have sex, you're going to hell. Yes. Here I am, 18, 17 years old, graduating from high school, going to an HBCU in the country where there was nothing left to do but have sex and go play out in the field. <laughs> right. Well, what else were we doing on campus? We were drinking and having sex. But here we are in so many of my classmates that were brought up in those traditional churches and settings in our families being told, don't do it. So we're all scared. So what? We were told not to have sex. But so let, were- me ask, let me ask you the question then, Bishop. Uh, do you go to hell? I ain't there now. <laughs> well, you ain't dead yet. I'm not going to hell for trying to find myself and find my way as a male and a, and a young adult male mm-hmm. at that time. My brain wasn't fully developed yet. Right. So we go to college all scared, but everybody dry humping and doing all of these things, doing other things. I do like a dry hump. (laughs) (laughs) We have to have these conversations where kids I haven't with my daughter. I don't call my daughter fast. All of that other stuff, you know, social media, they got the boys and no, she's not fast, but let me have these conversations with you about being responsible because I'm not always going to know what you're doing when I'm not in your presence. Yeah. Let's take a quick break and we'll come right back. Hold that thought, Coach. We'll come right back to you. We got to take a quick break and we'll be right back on the business of being black with Tammy Mack on Foxhole. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack, and the business of being black today is sex. Should it be sacred? So let me hit y'all with this question. According to the Journal of Social Psychology, women are more likely to regret the sex they had while men are more likely to regret the sex they missed out on. Mm -hmm. I have to say, I regret any and everybody (laughs) 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 that I can count on the one finger. I regret them all. (laughs) None of them should have had the privilege. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, how do we feel about this? Coach Cass, kick it off. I would say I agree with it, right? So just with the women that I work with over and over again, we have conversations about exes that shouldn't have had the right, you know? So many of them do regret having sex with people from their past. So I would definitely agree with it, Tammy Mae. Because my thought is if women didn't, if it were good, women probably wouldn't regret it. So, <laughs> well, they, you know, some of them were digmatized. We did have some digmatized folks now. Now, that is a whole thing where you hold on too long just because the sex was good. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. Regret them all. Uh, <laughs> never had that experience. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> or not. Or I shouldn't be sorry. Yeah. Y'all should be sorry for me. I'm sorry. Because I know, I know Miss Dodge didn't have plenty of wonderful, fantastical experiences. Here's the fun fact. I don't regret any of them. There are some of them that I will not talk about because maybe you don't exist in my brain anymore. It's like your credit report after seven years, who are you? But I don't regret it. And the reason why I don't regret even the bad sex that I've had in my life is because now I understand where I needed to get to. I I didn't know the difference between what was good and what was bad because at the time it was good for me then But now in hindsight, at this age with my partner now, 
none of you ever existed. If you ever thought you had sex with me, you are wrong. You had sex with the old body. Like, I don't know what y'all thought happened here because I learned, I saw the light. That's how I know that this is my husband. Like, this is the one. The it sounds it, it, it sound a tad bit like regret. Just a tad it's bit. Not, it's not regret, it's experience. It's okay. life, it's growth. All right. Like when you were in the first grade, you didn't know things. But by the time you got to the eighth grade, things were a little bit easy for you because of what you went through first through seventh. That's how I look at it. Like I had these experiences. Now I know what's bad. Now I know what I don't like. Now I know what's not good for me. Now I know what type of partner is not the type of partner that I want. Now I know that I need these types of people or this type of person. And I would have never known that if I didn't have those experiences. So it's I not do think bad. about other other countries, other nations um, that embrace sex and mm -hmm. they, you know, they walk around the house naked. Yes. Uh, they walk uh, around their children naked because they don't want it to be taboo. They want them to know what the parts of their body is. They want them to know what's good to touch, what's bad to touch. That's and and it, it, they don't make it like it's like it's nasty or like it's illegal or like it's a crime. I, I kind of envy those nations that do that. Jewel, the gym, uh, want to get to you real quick because uh, when we talk about men regretting what they missed out on and women just regretting that they did it in the first place, earlier in the show, you said that uh, most women don't enjoy it and don't reach a climax unless they're with um, same-sex partners. And uh, that piqued my interest quite a bit, my friend. Well, 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 I'm like, what y'all over there doing that y'all being satisfied so much? Come with it. But the reality is, is that the stats are saying that 66% of heterosexual women reach climax and it's higher for queer women, right? So I'm not like, it's just the stats. It's just the numbers in terms of receiving more pleasure. And a lot of it is also that when, in terms of queer people having sex, there's also a elevation of solo self-pleasure. So we incorporate the toys, we incorporate like the mutual masturbation. We are, we're having a specific form of fun and we're talking about like, we're having, we're having these conversations around communication, we're laughing. And this is not to say that all queer sex is is peaking and amazing. Okay, because you that, had me jealous for a minute. I mean, you should be, you should be jealous, okay? Because the stats, the numbers aren't lying here. But what I'm, but what I'm speaking to specifically is that when we think about these binary stats, it's rooted in that women are so much more shamed into solo pleasure, um. and boys are right. Like we walk in your little, your brother's room, masturbating. You know what I'm saying? But whereas for 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 teenage girls and things like that, like we're shamed into doing it, so we don't get a chance to explore our solo pleasure so by the time we have sex with someone else we're having sex to solely please them instead of our own orgasm oh what a great point bishop um uh, jewel just made some beautiful points there i'm not gonna ask you about your past bishop i'm not gonna i'm not gonna disrespect you like that <laughs> Uh, not that I think any less of the women on the panel, okay? I just feel like we, you know, we got some kismic energy going on here. But Bishop, um, what do you feel about women regretting their partners, but men uh, regretting the partners that they missed out on? Is that uh, a part of this uh, misogynistic world that we live in? Yeah, it is, you know, but 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 it it, it, it is true. Um, I, I wouldn't say that me personally, I've had regrets. I mean, I'm not going to lie and tell you, there've been moments in my immaturity and irresponsibility where I've said like, I wasted a sin on this. <laughs> Bishop, uh, please tell us uh, what we should know about Agape Church in Los Angeles. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm that guy. I just I just tell the truth, very transparent. Uh, I believe that um, I can't scare you into heaven, but the, what I can do is just help you live with some principles, help you live responsibly. And Jesus Christ was the greatest example of loving, the greatest example of sharing, the greatest example of being responsible. That's what agape is all about, unconditional love. We welcome everybody, regardless of where you are in your life. We love, we lift, we liberate all of humanity through the word of God. We're a giving church. We believe in doing the work of the church beyond the walls of the church. We're not a Sunday only, come have a program, go home. We serve. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bishop Jewel. Please tell us about Popped Out and Batty Zone. 
Yes, so I have an album coming out um, February 23rd, 2023. Um, but I have two singles that people can listen to on Spotify called Daddy Zone and Popped Out. And it's all about celebrating um, femme, celebrating sexual liberation. And I'm really excited about it. And yeah, definitely take a listen. Thank you. All right, all right. Ms. Daja, what can you tell us about the So Shameless podcast? Okay, well, So Shameless Podcast is an amazing podcast that I've been on for the last four years. Um, it's myself and two of my really close male friends. We talk about everything ranging from sex, love, relationships, family, work, um, anything that you can possibly think of. We are not PC. We are very unfiltered. We are very honest. We live in our truths. We piss off a lot of people every week. I, I can tell that. But we're going to tell the truth, and you can definitely listen to this shameless podcast on all platforms. We drop every Monday and Wednesday. We are also on YouTube, um, where you can see our visuals, and our sister podcast, Heart of Soft, which is a sex podcast, a sex-positive podcast also. So, so shameless family, heart of soft podcast. I hope Thank you. you guys listen. Coach Cass, how can we uh, take the wanted woman assessment and find your love avatar and tell us about the four day challenge? We got 30 seconds here. <laughs> all right. So for all my ladies that haven't had luck when it comes to love and you desire real love, you can go to wantedwoman.com to take the assessment to find out your love avatar. And we have a free challenge, the love vision challenge, because I believe that so often what happens is, is that you're not really clear on what you want. So you're not getting it right. So go to lovevisionchallenge.com to take the challenge and join us. That's it. How many successful uh, link-ups have you had who have oh, many, relationships? Many. And, and I work mainly with women over 40. You know, the ones that feel like love still isn't there anymore. Like, you can still have love um, at the end of the day. It's just maybe be doing it wrong. I'm just Well, saying. thank you all for spreading the love on the show today. Coach Cass, uh, 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 Jewel, the gym, uh, Bishop, and uh, Daja, thank you so much. That is the business of being black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. The world is always on, but you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's sleeping spree event, save up to 50% on ceiling. With clean mattresses starting at $349.99. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details.